ready for some real wedding talk? Welcome to the Isle Podcast, run by the ladies of BTS Event Management, a luxury wedding planning and design company. We vow to be true and uncut, so you'll get all the expert knowledge on all the crazy topics that you might walk into while planning your big day. We work with some of the who's who for their weddings professional athletes, top influencers, celebrities, and politicians all come to us for their wedding planning and design. And we're here to share all the nitty gritty details with you. So grab your mom, your best friend, or your groom-to-be, and let us walk with you down the aisle for this crazy wedding planning journey. Welcome back to the aisle for episode 11. This episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be super dedicated to my vendor friendies and fellow entrepreneurs as I am going to dive in and kind of shed some light on some big mistakes that I made when I first started my business. And I want to offer some advice on these mistakes and make sure that I'm sharing them and make sure that um, I can offer as much information as possible because I could have used this when I was getting started. So we'll jump in and tackle this later on in the episode. First, let's do a little personal life update. Um, we got a puppy. I I don't know why, and I don't know if this was the best idea, but everybody in my family is like a big animal person and Gabriel, and I don't that I like don't like them, but it's just like there's so much going on all the time that taking care of like a puppy or a dog or a cat or a bird or something like that is just like, it, it just doesn't appeal to me. It's like, there's so many other things I want to put my focus on, but I definitely understand it's kind of cool because it teaches like responsibility and everything to the kids and like companionship. And there's a lot of like positive benefits to it. So I guess it's not like a totally bad thing, but my son, Gabriel, he's um, about to turn eight years old and he has been just absolutely engulfed in the idea of having a puppy. And that's all he talks about. That's all he's wanted. And that's like the only thing on his Christmas list. And we're not even at Christmas yet. And we already got it like two days ago. So I don't know, but (laughs) we got a little French bulldog. We got the runt of the litter. Um, It's a girl. Her name is Nala from... Lion King, like Nala and Simba. So super cute there. And Gabriel actually came up with the name, which was so cool and creative of him. So I thought that was really cool. The little puppy's literally like, I don't know, maybe two or three pounds. She's just so tiny. I didn't even know that French Bulldogs came this small, but they do. And she's been a cute little addition so far to the family. Um, My little baby girl, Aria, is super jealous of her. She's like used to all the attention being on her. So when my son is like holding her and carrying the puppy around and acting like he's like a father, Aria is just not having it. And so she gets kind of jealous and she gets like a little aggressive with the puppy, but I'm sure in due time, this will all kind of like level out, hopefully. But yeah, so big change there, a whole entire new little member of our family. All right, next, let's get into the BTS recap. So this past weekend over Thanksgiving weekend, we were in LA for a wedding. Uh, We were at the Bel Air Bay Club, which is such a cool little venue out there. When you think of California, you think of like, you think of sunshine, you think of ocean, you think of beach. Uh, but weirdly enough, there's actually a very limited amount of venues in California that have an ocean view to them. There's like, there's Terrania, there's Pelican Hill, there's Bel Air Bay Club. 
Um, I believe one of the Ritz-Carlton properties and I believe there's a Hyatt in San Diego are like the most popular ones that actually have a view of the ocean. You would think there would be a lot more, but it's it's a little bit limited. Um, but we were actually at one of them and staff was absolutely incredible. Our vendor partners out there were just absolutely amazing. Everything just went so well. Um, it was, I, I just don't have enough good things to say about it. And I have so much content and like just beautiful images and videos and everything from there. I've, I've been posting a lot, but I'll probably continue to post a lot more because it was just a really, really, really great, well put together wedding. We're currently right now getting ready for our last wedding of the year, which is going to be in Puerto Rico. That's um, next weekend. So we're getting like some of the items already printed. We're starting our packing lists, all the things that we're going to be going out there. We have all of our schedule done for like the wedding weekend, but we're starting on all of our internal schedules and like production timelines and how setup is going to go, like what gets laid first, what's everything that's going to be, um, you know, the order for that. So there's a lot of like internal kind of parts that we all work on in the planning process that our our clients don't even know about. Like it's it's a lot of things that don't even kind of like come up ever. And um, that's kind of the phase of planning that we're on right now. Let's see what else is next. Uh, me and Claire just got back from California yesterday. So we were in California on the weekend, came home on Sunday. Claire got an invitation for the Oscar de Laurenta fashion show at Pelican Hill. I guess our invitation got lost in the mail. Like literally, like, you know, people say like, oh, it must've got lost in the mail, but I guess it really actually got lost in the mail. And so our girly Pam over there had texted her and she was like, Hey, I never heard, you know, an RSVP from you. What's going on? And Claire was like, well, you know, we didn't get an invitation. And she was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Obviously we had to impromptu book a trip, book some flights out there and get ourselves out there because like, how can you pass that up? That's literally like priceless experience. So we flew out in the morning, had lunch, got some work done, and then uh, saw the show and like kind of mingled a little bit out there. It was um, a very, very well put together event. But of course, like I wouldn't expect anything less from Pelican Hill and Oscar de Lorenza. It was really neat too, because there was a lot of industry partners there and it was just really cool to kind of speak with people that are, you know, in our lane and just nice and opening and, and just like kind of talking about like some of the struggles that we deal with and, and, you know, just like the relatable kind of conversations. Cause a lot of times we work so much, we don't really have a lot of time to interact with people. And so going to an event like that just really allowed us to carve out time and have those conversations. And it's just, it's nice to know that, you know, you're kind of in the same place with people in this industry. So yay for that part. All right, let's get into the BTS expert segment. So as I mentioned earlier in the intro of this podcast, we're going to, I'm kind of focused a little bit more on like the vendor side and like the entrepreneur side of uh, myself and my experience and my expertise for this particular episode. And starting a business, there's just like, there's no real manual or like hard how to book. Like they, these things exist, but like, I, I don't know how real they really are. And I don't know how relatable they are to like specific industries because of course everything is so different. And there's a lot of business coaches out there, but you know, business coaches cost a lot of money. And when you're starting a business, you most likely don't have a lot of money. So it's really kind of difficult to kind of get in that realm. Um, there's a lot of like inspirational speakers, of course, price tell you on some programs, you know, everything is just like real salesy in the beginning part of starting a business. I don't really think there's anything that like really prepares you for 
what you're planning to do. You know, everybody's unique and everybody's starting something different. So like, how, how do you really get prepared for this? And like, how do you really understand, you know, you start off with a dream or a goal or a passion, a talent, and like, that's all amazing, but actually like running the business part, it's tricky. I mean, but there might be some people out there where they're like, you know, running the business, that's the easy part. It's just finding the idea, you know, to make it fit. So of course, life is just always one big puzzle. And there's always that one piece missing. And for me, the one piece that's missing is the business part of it, the accounting, the marketing, the management, you know, being HR, hiring, firing, dealing with disgruntled clients, but then dealing with an abundance of clients and creating new systems and figuring things out and then refiguring them out and then figuring out that that doesn't work anymore and then figuring something else out. You know, it's just, it's tricky. It's, it's not an easy thing at all. Um, and then this industry is even harder, you know, being in a creative industry where it operates a lot in gray areas, you know, this isn't finance, this isn't banking, this isn't real estate where things are like black and white. And it's like, okay, you're going to do this. And then you're going to get that. This is very much like, well, well, you can, well, well, it depends. Well, we can, well, how about, you know, and it's a lot of that in this industry, which I personally love, but it does not make it easy to navigate through when you're first getting started. And myself and Kelly actually just had lunch with some ladies and they've both been in this industry for a very long time as well. And it was so funny because they were talking about like new planners, like up and coming planners and like some of the things that they do that just drive them absolutely crazy. And I was telling them, I'm like, you know, Hey, but like, I used to be that person. (laughs) Like I used to be complete freaking circus clown show because I just did, I didn't know there was so much to this that I didn't know and I was explaining to them like as a planner when you're getting started you you got to put some years in before you really understand the intricacy and the layers and the logistics and the levels and the do's and don'ts in this industry because every single wedding that you do is going to be different so no matter what you learn it doesn't matter because it doesn't pertain to next weekend and it doesn't pertain to the weekend after you know it's always going to be different and and that's not easy. So I feel like everybody has to go through at least like a few years of doing this. And a lot of people don't make it that long because it's, it's not for the faint of heart. But the ones that do, you know, I always feel like they're going to be pretty freaking spectacular because like if you make it through that, you pretty much make it through anything. So what I wanted to do is just come on and share like when I'm reflecting, I'm, I do a lot of self-reflection just in life in general. And some things that I think about often that I'm like, dang, you know, this is this is one of those things. If I had done this a little bit different, like I'd be in a, a completely different universe, you know, which is these little things. So let me just give you my top mistakes and the way I would have done them different. So number one is waiting to hire an accountant. Okay. So in my baby entrepreneur mind, when I first got started, I, for some reason, thought an accountant was so expensive. And I thought that this was something that maybe like years down the road, I'd possibly look into. And then I also was really scared to do this because you always hear stories that people are like, oh, well, the accountant did this and stole money and figured this out. But like the funniest thing about it is like when you first get started, you don't even have anything anyway. So like, I don't know what I was so scared about, but basically I waited for a while too long. I waited too long. And then I hired a family member (laughs) and we all know how that goes. So I hired a family member who helped with the accounting and the books and she screwed me royally. Like she royally screwed me. Literally everything that I was terrified of happened to me. 
but from a family member. And so it was devastating. You know, I was crushed and it sucked and it severed a big relationship because it was like a, how could you, you know, but shame on me for even going that route. I, I should have known better, but still at the same time, like if you can't turn to somebody that you've known for a long time, like who do you, who do you turn to? So there's that part. And then after that happened, then I waited even longer to get started again. And then my business grew and it went into these different, different avenues, you know, like with rentals and invitations, printed items, photo booth, and then it's just becomes this big mess because it was things weren't structurally set up right, which everything is fixed now. Amazing, thank God. But it wasn't easy to to get there. You know, that wasn't easy at all. So biggest mistake. First thing that I can say is hire an accountant very early on. It is not expensive. It, it is not at all. Next biggest mistake was um, my hiring process. So I never really understood how to hire or what I was even really looking for or what questions to ask and what kind of qualities or characteristics I needed. I just, I didn't know. I just know I needed help. And so I would post that I was hiring and then a million people would apply and then I'd be overwhelmed because too many people would apply. And then it's like, I, I just never, it just never worked out. It was always just such a struggle for me. And then I would have these interviews and I'd have girls come in. I'm like, oh my God, totally cute. Yeah, super great. Absolutely. She can do this. But I didn't really understand that like one of the biggest things when you're hiring is you need to hire somebody that's going to contribute to the success of your business. So somebody that is able and capable to generate revenue, meaning sales. And it doesn't have to be salesy sales, but it means like you got to bring money in if you are doing this. And that doesn't mean that you need to start cold calling and like bringing clients, but it means that revenue needs to be generated one way or another in order for it to make sense. They also have to understand the goal of the business and be in line, aligned with it. So like my personal goal for BTS is to do more destination weddings and not more quantity wise, meaning like book it up, book it up, book it up. Meaning like I want bigger weddings on a larger scale in other areas of the country or world, but not a ton of them. I want them to just be grander, not necessarily more of them. So quality, not quantity. So aligning that goal with people like that I have on my team, it all has to align. It has to be the same Um, because somebody that's just coming in for a job, they don't give a Rick, what the goal is. They could care less. They're here for a job. And a lot of times in this industry, something that really hurts is that this is a very like popular, glamorous kind of job. It's like a high profile kind of job. And so people love to just say that they do this, you know, and I'm not talking about just with me, I'm talking about in life in general, like, oh, I'm a wedding planner. It just sounds cool. But it doesn't mean that those people actually have the same goals in line. And that's like a huge, huge thing. So you have to make sure that everybody's goal oriented. And then you have to make sure that the person that you're bringing on is invested in the sense that they want to make things better too. You know, they have ideas, they want to contribute to different thoughts, different systems, different policies, different procedures. Like they want to offer feedback. Hey, this worked. Hey, this didn't. That's what you're looking for when you're expanding your team. You're not looking for bodies. You're looking for assets, people that are assets that will help And if you're not hiring people that are assets, then they are a liability. And if you have a liability on your team that is so heavy, you're going to sink. It's dead weight. It's just a paycheck. You might as well just 
open your office window and just throw some money out of it. it because it's the same thing. If you if you have those kind of people, it drains you. And I, I'm a slow freaking learner. Let me tell you, because I went through this for years, like years, and it was just, and I just kept making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And finally, I just took a step back and I was like, Maddie. You you're in charge of hiring now. I'm not doing this anymore. There's just no way. Like I can't do it because I'm constantly making the wrong decisions and I'm constantly um bringing people on that shouldn't be on and it's just it's stressful. It's really really stressful. It puts a lot of wear on yourself as a business owner. It puts a lot of wear on the team because they're constantly having to like pick up the slack for the person that's left and it's just it can't happen. So understanding who you're hiring, what you're hiring for, and how they're going to help your team is just crucial. You have to do it. Okay. And then lastly, one of the biggest mistakes that I have made is my poor skill set level on in networking and, and building and cultivating and maintaining relationships. I'm just really, really bad at keeping in contact and keeping in touch with people. I'm great at you know, having great connections initially, but I'm really bad at like the follow-up and like the keeping in touch kind of thing. And then I'm really, really bad at like meeting new people and like starting conversations out of thin air, which some people are so great at this and I just don't have that gift. And it's something that I really, really wish I would have worked on a lot earlier in my career because your relationships and your network and your connections are everything. It's just, it's absolutely everything. And I, when I started, I was so focused on just minding my own business, keeping my head down and not worrying about what anybody else was doing. Cause I just wanted to be so focused on my path that I ended up missing out on a lot of years of cultivating relationships. And that was a big mistake. So if I could give advice to anybody, I would say, learn the art of networking and making connections because it's invaluable. It's so, so, so important. So that's all I have for today. Or be sure to share lots of stories on mistakes that I have made because I've been in business for quite a while and there are a lot of them. And I think that this kind of sharing just really helps everyone in general. Because when you learn and hear a story, you're like, oh, I want to make sure I don't do that. All right. So questions from a DM. What is one thing you would change about your business right now? Okay. This is easy for me. This is super easy because I'm so happy with how things are, but there's this one component that I would love to figure out. And it would be how to have a manager in the office. Like I would be the happiest person alive if I could have somebody that can manage the day-to-day details of business like payroll and requested time off and client check-ins and one-on-one meetings and follow-ups with the team like I, if i could have somebody manage that part of bts i it, life would be great everything would be complete because i just i have i want to create i want to i'm a visionary i want to i have ideas i want i have things that i want to like dive into and just like really 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 wholeheartedly like plunge myself into. And I can't because there's a lot of day-to-day things that need attention. And if I don't put attention on them, then there's no business, you know? So um, if I could figure out how to do this, this would be absolutely great. Um, But it's really hard to find somebody that has experience in this industry on a managerial level, um, because a lot of times people are just business owners and they own their own business and that's pretty much it. 
And so there's not a lot of people that manage a a wedding planning company like this. Like usually a wedding planning company, it consists of like the owner and maybe an assistant. There's never like a large team and a graphic designer and a print department and rentals and a photo booth. That doesn't happen. It's like, I have like this small business on like a big scale and it, it blurs the lines. And so it's hard to figure out who could come in and just manage that. Okay, so that is it for today. Thanks so much for walking down the aisle with us. Join us here every other Tuesday as we talk more about all things weddings. If you want to hear more, tune into Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play to subscribe to the aisle. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and a positive review, and we will talk to you later. Thank you.